Welcome back to the Frills Daily Show with your hosts, Frills Daily and Sean F. Smith. So, we have been waiting, and it is finally up and running. Talk 30. Yes. Tell me a little bit about what Talk 30 is about. Yes, sir. So, um, I started on Monday. I'm going to shoot for uh, Mondays. I'm going to do the show about once a week right now until I can get my studio up and running. Um, to be able to do uh, daily shows or at least four or five shows a week. I'm shooting for just Mondays right now. Um, it was a little nerve wracking at first to start, you know, because we've done 23 episodes on the show here, uh, co-hosting with you. But it was my first solo venture and just jumping out there. Right. And um, I told myself going in, I was I knew I was going to be touching on some controversial subjects. I knew that. Um, but just in my own nature, I, I try not to get political with anything. And that could be personal at work, even at home, just like in general, but everything is so politically charged now. And so at the beginning of the show, I was saying, I'm not going to get political. And then in the middle of the show, I'm like, uh, everything I've talked about is sort of con <laughs> the political realm, but political, right? Yeah. Right. So I just kind of let my, and, and you, and you picked a pretty hot topic. I mean, it, uh, a free choice, right? Uh, yeah, some pro-choice stuff, and I talked about uh, abortion and, and those kind of things, and then I, I talked a little bit about myself and kind of preferences and those things, just so I could introduce myself and kind of my beliefs and, and how I operate as far as opinions and yeah. expectations and trying to stay neutral and being an independent versus, you know, choosing one of the um, party selections or whatever, and just really trying to stay neutral. So it's more of like trying to understand, trying to like not not necessarily express my opinion but say how i feel about something and and more so ask questions so we can get other people thinking about those topics and you know like we really need to come together and so i'm just tired of the you know a lot of people are tired of the political realm and how it operates so i'm like we gotta have we have to come together and so i'm just trying to have like a more of a uh bipartisan thinking and and next week is even going to be a crazier topic we all know uh, about the mass shooting that happened at the elementary school. And so yep. I'm kind of forming some stuff now about the shooting and some preventions and some conversations we need to have and solutions that we need to, we must have. And so right. um, it's going to be uh, a pretty crazy Monday. And, um, and, and also, overall, I'm sorry, uh, no, overall, uh, you know, we talked about it a little bit uh, in, in past episodes, but now that it's actually up and running, uh, let let's, Let's give the listeners uh, a, a little breakdown of, of what to expect, not just not just controversial topics or political right. topics. And, and and again, like you, you mentioned in your first episode, you know, it, it doesn't want to be political, but it kind of tends to lean that way. But like, what, what are we expecting with Talk 30? Sure, sure. So I'm, I'm going to be covering all sorts of topics, um, but the show is definitely going to be sort of geared towards current events it's going to kind of control the show um, based on things that are happening because i really wanted to do a show sort of um with another current event you know like the the johnny depp and amber heard stuff but i was like absolutely i'm going to do abortion first and then the shooting thing came up i'm actually going to do the shooting thing next week for sure that kind of controls the show week to week issues but I'm also going to be covering like mental health stuff, some addictions, um, and bringing in special guests to interview and talk to professionals that work in the field 
I'm going to be talking about sports, entertainment, music. I'm really looking forward to some music ones, man, because growing up and having two older brothers, um, decade and a little bit older, 10, 13 years older, and the influences I got from the music and talking about that stuff is going to be awesome for me. Um, and and then, I, I would like to be a part of that as well, the the, the music portion, you know, especially the the involvement of music in itself. Right, for you sure. know, rock's not even the same anymore. No. Uh, country's not the same anymore. Raps, hip hop, not, is not the same anymore. Right, so right. that that that's definitely a topic that I would be interested in in uh, joining in on that conversation. Um, Let's talk about your show too. You just started another new one, right? So uh, for people that are seeking motivation, inspiration, self-love, self-reflection, advice, or maybe just want to have some conversations or just just tell their story, regardless of what it is, whether it be from addiction, whether it be relationships, whether it be how they grew, how they kind of finally developed into being an adult, so to speak, and, and, I, and I say that lightly because uh, it, it's kind of a joke that I have um, because it, it seems like, you know, people really have to go through some things before they realize, hey, I'm an adult now. I can't do this anymore. All right. All right. And, and regardless of what it is, what, you know, the, the, the various topics and, you know, I'm there to provide all of that self self-love self uh, reflection motivation maybe inspire give some advice uh even relationship advice you know i've been in a a, a very committed marriage for over or going on 20 years now so i mean I, I think that i've been through probably every hoop that you can possibly go through in a relationship so i feel like i'm finally qualified to actually kind of give you uh uh some pointers that, that can lead you in the right direction, especially being raised by uh, my grandparents um, and getting that kind of old school mentality when it comes to relationships and, and how you don't give up. And, and it also incorporates with the motivation also, like you, you, you don't give up. I mean, you, you didn't sign up for that to, to call it quits unless of course it, it's, time to call it quits i mean if it's if it's toxic and, and to the point where you just you have no other options then of course then then you got to talk about different options and we'll do that with with self-love mm -hmm. and your your show talk 30 is going to be on mondays uh my show self love is going to be on tuesdays right I also would like to go to a daily thing but um that is going to be based off more so from guests so right. kind of like how yours is, is is hot topic driven mine's going to be guest driven so right. it, as i get more guests and as i get more people that want to be on the show and, and talk about things and, and and get some motivation or or guidance or whatever sure. it is that they're seeking uh then i'm gonna be doing more days uh with that right and so there it is talk how's 30. that Happy and wife, happy life, happy spouse, happy house. Is is that how is that how it goes? Yes, honey? I mean, for the most part. Yes, I mean, honey? yeah, that that's that's the that's the idea the that was probably 
I don't know if it was derived in the nineties, but I would say that, it, that that was like the, the common concept of the nineties. Um, but now I think that it's actually derived a little bit differently. I think that more, so it's, it's, it's more happy spouse, meaning husband or wife. Yeah. So you, you gotta, you gotta be able yeah. to come to that, that common ground and, and be able to, you know, work with each other and, and, and figure out because I mean, especially after you get past certain burdens, it's kind of like opening a business. You, you once you get past that first five years, right. that's when you're going to make it. So, right. you know, relationships are actually very similar. Like once you get past a certain time frame, it's like, okay, now, you know that neither person is going to change. This is who you are. This is what you're going to do. So how can we balance that part of it and grow in that right. aspect? Right. And, and, right. and that's the important part. I mean, you're still going to, you're still going to have arguments. I mean, you, best friends can have arguments. Uh, coworkers can have arguments. You know, it's, that's, that's just part of life. Right. So, you know, and, and, and that's all things that we'll, we'll be talking about on self-love. So yeah. awesome, man. Awesome, brother. Looking forward to hearing it. Absolutely. So we, so we got uh, those two shows again, Monday, talk 30, yep. Tuesday, self-love. And then of course, Thursdays, keep tuning in to the Frills Daily Show tonight. We're going to talk about the Saints offensive power and how much it has grown in the offseason. Uh, we're going to question like which second year quarterbacks will show the most improved and we're going with a couple and we might even bring in some surprise uh, people, but we're talking about Justin Fields, yep. Trey Lance, Mac Jones, Zach Wilson, and Trevor Lawrence yeah. and then whoever else we come up with. Right. And then we're also going to talk about the pro bowl. The pro bowl was uh, in question now and, and talking about ways to improve or maybe even getting rid of it. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. Uh, but first, Let's get started with the Saints' offensive power. Uh, you had mentioned Jameis Winston uh, signing a two-year deal, $28 million with, yep. uh, what is it, 21 guaranteed? One guaranteed, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, um, dude, the Saints' offense, they're, in my opinion, they're going to be powerful. I mean, they're going to have some serious weapons. I mean, we're talking about uh, Kamara that's already been there as a running back. Um, yeah. Two years ago, he was actually the leading receptions leader there. Um, you're still getting Michael Thomas is going to be coming back from injury. And for three years there, uh, of course, Drew Brees was there, but 2016 to 19, he was the receptions leader. And he's really a jump ball guy. That's going to be fighting for catches. He, I mean, you just, he's one of those throw it up guys, like a moss, like he's going to get it. Um, right. And of course we know about Jarvis Landry signing with them. Um, he had some really good years with the dolphins and with the Browns. He was the receptions leader for uh, 2018 through 2020. And uh, of and, course, and, they, and real quick, real yeah, quick before yeah. you continue with that, uh, yeah. I want to say that Jarvis Landry is probably one of the most underrated wide receivers and probably one of the best pickups for the New Orleans Saints. He's going to uh, shine, dude, because absolutely, he, it, absolutely. Even when so, so when he was with the Browns and Odell Beckham came in, everybody mm -hmm. was like, okay, well, you know, Odell Beckham's gonna, gonna take over the show. No, actually, uh, and even speaking like from a fantasy football kind of standpoint, like right. I always had Landry on my, on, on my team and I always started him and he always got more points than, than Odell Beckham. Right. So it, it was, it, it's like, he's, 
he's that underrated guy that like you, you bring in a number one, but in reality, he's the number one because he he's, he's making plays because of the distraction of that quote unquote number. Right. And he, he might be number three, even with the saints, but playing with the dolphins and the Browns and teams that were not very good. And he was the standout guy. I mean, I know that Alvin Kamara is mostly a powerful running back, which he's going to do his thing and he'll probably catch less this year. But if Michael Thomas comes back at healthy, Jarvis will come in there and do his thing. He just gets open. And then they drafted Chris Olave, dude. The dude is a deep threat. He's got four serious years of experience with Ohio State, which mm-hmm. is is a college team that preps guys for for pros, man. Four straight years, and, dude, and he's, he's going to be able to get deep, man. Yeah, and and he also holds the record for the most career touchdown receptions at thirty five. So uh, he he does hold that, and he was picked up by the Saints in the first round right. at number eleven. So yeah, exactly. You know, they 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 obviously saw something in him that that stood out, and and right. they've been pretty. You know, the Saints are are like that that quiet team. They they right. seem to kind of like always stay in the mix and always stay in the competition. Yep, yep exactly. And then that division is going to be tough with Tampa Bay, but. Plus, and that's not even to mention the receivers that were there, like one, two, three guys last year because of injuries. Uh, Marquise Callaway, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Traquan Smith, who was mentioned this week, um, that, dude, we're going to be so powerful, no one's going to be able to stop us. And I, I almost believe it because in addition to that, they still had Deontay Hardy, who had his most productive year last year with 36 receptions, 570 yards, three scores. Doesn't sound like much, but for a younger guy, plus that's not even mentioned the tight ends that they have. And right. I think they have, I think they have like 11 wide receivers on the roster, dude. So it's like just going to be Nick's man up if they don't stay healthy. And so hear me out on this, well, time, but no, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. No, I was going to say that. Hear me out on this because I know that you don't necessarily believe that Jameis can do it, but with all the weaponry that he has, dude, he could potentially this year be like one of the leading candidates for potential MVP this year because of the weaponry. And they still have a shot even to go after OBJ. And he could be coming home. No, because listen, listen, because Landry is coming home. He played at LSU. Uh, Matthew on defense coming home he came from lsu obj also played at lsu man so if the rams don't open their eyes and sign him and i know he's coming off the achilles injury but um or is it the acl whichever it is i know it's a knee or or a foot injury it, it, it's the acl acl and, and, the, and the sad part is that he injured the same one thing against the same, the same team, team. And that, that's that's just very unfortunate. But, but he doesn't but, have to be the one guy. He can come in here. Dude, they got so many weapons. And, and dude, I'm serious about Jameis. If he, he plays like he did the start of last year, which he was on target to be really good, and they had a winning record, and they were going places, but once he got injured, they were all downhill from there. Well, I'm glad I actually heard you out on that because that's actually where I was going with that. Okay. And I do believe – you are correct with that statement, providing he can stay healthy. He now, can as well, yeah. He now the Saints still need to make sure that they give him that protection, but he now has more weapons, so he can get rid of the ball faster. 
and not have to worry about scrambling, not have to worry about rushing as much, not have to worry about those kind of things because, you know, like we've talked about multiple times, quarterbacks that scramble, quarterbacks that rush a lot and and have to make the play on their own rather than passing the ball and getting rid of the ball, they're not going to make it. They, they, they go two or three years, and that is it. I don't believe he's going to run a lot because he has one of the best running backs in the league, if not the best, and he's going to have all these wide receivers, and they're going to yeah. do a lot of trick plays and stuff too. I don't think he's going to have to run a lot. They did do some O-line sort of rebuilding too, and so he's going to have a little more help on the O-line too. So I think the dude's going to have time, and he will only run when he has to. And he's a big dude, man. He's like Roethlisberger size, man. So, but hopefully he won't run because he, yeah, he doesn't need to get injured again, especially having that ACL. Man, he needs to protect himself and get down. But I think with the new head coaching staff and they're gonna be prepping him, and he's gonna be yeah. ready because he's even been interviewed too. Man, he says, even though he's coming off the ACL, he said, if I had to play right now, I'm ready. Yeah. So and 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 they did focus on giving him some targets in the free agency, and then in the in the draft, they did focus on both offensive and defensive players, you know, they, they, they did uh, pick up a tackle. They did pick up a, a guard. So, but I mean, that doesn't necessarily mean anything either. Uh, sometimes when, when the NFL uh, picks up offensive line and defensive line, they may not necessarily start in the first couple of years. Right. But for that, what, when you yeah. think about it, though, in the long, in the bigger picture, th- those players actually have more starting potential than the receivers, the corners, the the safeties, the the running backs, the quarterbacks, even for that matter, right. than you know any other any other position is what I'm saying. So like it, like they they so yeah maybe they don't start, but maybe they do, you know. Yeah. Uh, especially if they see that that you know that young talent and they bring them in and they're like you know what he's doing better than the the, than the veteran so i'm gonna put him in he's younger he's less likely to have injury so let's go exactly next man up yeah so man looking at the the nfc south and the falcons are not necessarily going to have a up year or the panthers so really all they have to really deal with is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which is saying a lot with uh, Tom Brady coming back, um, they're going to be good and they're going to definitely have to contend with them. But as far as the rest of the NFC goes, I think it's wide open, dude, because the AFC is all the powerhouse this year. So I, I yeah. think the Saints can really hit this year, man. This could be if they could stay healthy, man. This could be the year, dude. And yeah, well, that's see... all it was last year. They, I mean, they were they were in the playoffs for sure until injury. Just, just one after them. another, so, after another, after yeah. another. Just everyone was getting injured. They ended yeah. up being like one of the worst offenses in the league when they started off pretty fast. So we'll yeah. see, man. We shall see. So before we get into the second year quarterbacks, have you ever wanted to start a podcast? Absolutely. Well, Anchor makes it easy. Let me tell you a little bit about it. I love Anchor because you can record right from the Anchor website or from the mobile app. You can trim, edit right from the website or the app, and Anchor will distribute your podcast so it can be heard from Spotify, 
Apple, Google, or iHeartRadio, and many more. Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Check it out today on anchor.fm. Also check out de-creations.com. That's de-creations.com. Can you tell us a little bit about de-creations.com? Absolutely. I actually got my mug in the mail today, and I'm using it right now to drink. D Frills Daily Show, white mug, black lettering with our emblem on it, our logo. Uh, looks sweet. I'm wearing my maroon t-shirt with the same exact logo on it, man. It's pretty cool. Um, once I get my studio going, I'm going to get a backdrop both of the Frills Daily and Talk 30. So it's going to be pretty sweet, man. Um, I plan on uh, getting more and more. Uh, merch from Joe's website, and that is de-creations.com. So please check it out. Check it out. So we have which second-year quarterbacks will show the most improved? We mentioned Justin Fields, Trey Lance, Mac Jones, Zach Wilson, and Trevor Lawrence. Absolutely. And uh, sorry about that. Who did you want to go with first? So I'm going to say I, I was going to go with Trevor Lawrence altogether. Uh, uh, that, that, that's who I was planning on talking about. I think that he's going to have the most improved and, and um, you know, uh, among all of those players, when you, when, you, when you actually think about that entire concept of showing the most improved and, and doing the most, you know, the Jaguars really went out a lot to give him some, some weapons and, you know, um, his, his rookie year, he, he finished with 17 interceptions, tying Matthew Stafford for the most in the NFL. And, right. and that wasn't that great. Um, but they, they picked up some targets. They now have um, Zay Jones, that that that's that's a huge one. They also have um, Christian Kirk. So I think, and on the tight ends spectrum, what, so we were talking about earlier as far as Jarvis Landry being one of the most underrated wide receivers. Uh, I think that Evan Ingram, who they picked up for the Jaguars, is probably one of the most underrated tight ends. You know, he, he's he, he's going to be that sneak attack. He, he he runs routes well. He blocks well. He can separate from the the safeties. You know, he, he's obviously a good matchup against the linebackers because he's so quick. So, uh, you know, overall, I think of all the, the quarterbacks mentioned, I think that uh, Trevor Lawrence is definitely going to be the most improved. Okay. Um, looking at like Mac Jones, I want to touch Tre- on Trevor though, really quick. So, um, yeah, the the Jag, I do, I don't, I don't disagree with you at all. The Jags did go on a serious spending spree in free agency this season, and and uh, him being the number one draft pick, playing the Clemson Tigers, he's huge in big games. He hasn't had that chance yet because the team has been so terrible. But I mean, in his freshman year in college, uh, playing for Clemson, dude. The Tigers went in and beat Bama 
of all teams in the yeah. national championship game his freshman year. So he's not playing, man. Dude's got talent. He's ready to play. He's serious. Yeah. And um, of all the quarterbacks, he kind of has a, an opportunity here, um, but they've had a lot of change. So, I mean, it was good for them to get rid of Urban Meyer. Um, he oh, just yeah. didn't seem right for the NFL. And no. they bring in Doug Peterson, which is going to be his first year with the team. And he does have a Super Bowl on his resume uh, with the Eagles. But Trevor does have the talent to do it, man. So I don't uh, disagree with you at all with that. Um, but who else you want to talk about? So I was going to say, you know, with the Mac Jones uh, scenario, I, we've talked about it in, in previous uh, episodes. Right. And, and, you know, the Patriots, I think, are in a, in a complete rebuild. I don't think that he's going to improve at all. Oh, really? And, and I say that because... I think that the Patriots are going to be, if not in the same boat as they were last year, very similar to. So maybe one or two more games won mm-hmm. than last year, but they're they're definitely not a competitor. They're definitely right. not going to be um, doing anything. They're, 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 so to say – to put him in a category of most improved. No, I, I mean, he's going to play the same ball that he played last year. And right. right. It's, it, and I wanted to touch both. Like we're talking about most improved. But I want to also say who's going to have the best year. And I, I don't think that we've gotten there yet, but as far as Mac Jones goes, I mean, he doesn't have the collection of star receivers that they've had no. in the past. Um, they do have a diverse and capable group, and that, that seems to be what Belichick's card is. He'll bring in these guys that can make a difference, but he doesn't have Tom Brady anymore. I mean, Mac Jones is a good quarterback, but he doesn't have Tom Brady that can make anybody a superstar, right? And so, but he should be able to take advantage of the group that he has. Um, but for the first time in years, the New England offense is not going to have Josh McDaniels. And the weird thing is, is the reluctance that Bill Belichick has had that he's not even announcing an offensive coordinator or a defensive coordinator. I mean, I don't know who's going to call the plays. He'll probably call him on defense. I don't see him calling him on offense, but he's not actually announcing this is going to be offensive coordinator. But on the other side of that, he builds a really strong tree of coaches that become head coaches elsewhere. And so he's always preached team. Uh, I mean, even in one of the Super Bowls, um, in 36, all the players wanted to be announced together. You know, they wanted to emphasize emphasize the team over individual. But it's just weird that he won't even say this is the offense coordinator, defense coordinator. They're just all assistant coaches. But he also wants all the coaches to coach on both sides, offense, defense. He wants them to all help each other. So I get that, too. It's just really tripped, dude, the way he coaches. But Is, um, is he losing it? Is he, is he, is he getting to a point where – he, he's realizing that his time is up. And, no, but he's and, made coaches like this, where he wants them to learn the offensive and defense, even though they're an offensive coach. He wants them to learn defense and vice versa. So they're, they become strengthened um, so um, they can be a, an all-around coach. So when they are a head coach, they understand offense and defense. And so when they're right. going to lead the team, they understand all aspects of the the team not just one like i'm an offensive guy so i only you know control the offense sort of thing so i think you know, josh mcdaniel's a lot not only before he tried to be coach for uh the denver broncos but coming back and now preparing him to become a head coach for the, the las vegas raiders man 
Yeah, so, absolutely. But, but as far know, as Mac Jones goes, I don't know, man. I, I don't think he's going to be most improved or have the best year as for a second-year quarterback. Yeah, and so the next quarterback that I want to talk about would be Trey Lance. Uh, I had yeah. talked about earlier, actually, uh, last season, um, Trey Lance is their guy. Uh, yeah, I, absolutely. I wholeheartedly believe that. Yes. I, I, I think that their fans I agree. believe that. Yep. Um. I can't – so for me, I can't put him in uh, a most improved because he wasn't there last year. Well, he, so, did, he, he did, games, played but, in a couple but of I'm games. saying, I'm games. saying he yeah. wasn't like the rest of the people in the in, in the categories that we're, that we're talking about. Or, and not in the categories, but like in the, in the list that we're talking about of players. He wasn't there like they were. So Garoppolo was in his place right. is what I'm saying. So um, – Yes, he's a second-year quarterback, right? But I can't, I can't sit here and say that he's going to be most improved because he needs time to improve. He he needs a year to improve. So he absolutely. So this year will be his his test dummy essentially, and right. then next year when we're talking about him, yeah. will be most improved. You know right. what I mean? Right. I think he might have the best year, though, and that's why I wanted to drop that in there because if you take any of these quarterbacks, not just Trey Lance, but I want to talk to, about him specifically, <clears throat> he, he's in the best environment. And the Niners have been such a solid team that even Jimmy Garoppolo has taken them to the Super Bowl, right? And they've been <laughs> yeah. playoff contenders. I mean, their their defense has been so powerful and always keeps them in the game or the special teams makes a play to get them and, and beat Green Bay and, you know, those type of things. They, they, they're they ready to play. So I think the environment for success um, for a young quarterback is perfect for him. Plus with Debo Samuel and George Kittle, two of the best kind of receiver tandems, wide receiver tight end in the league, especially in the NFC. Yeah. I mean, you know, obviously we know Debo Samuel is excellent in all areas of the game. He could play. He's not like a, conventional wide receiver and neither is Kittle for a tight end. The dude could play wide receiver. He's so big and strong. So he's got a lot of weapons that he can just step in and play well. And then with, you know, not only the supporting cast he has, but the defense, defensive problems that Shanahan scheme provides for, you know, the positions and all the alignments that he jacks with that, it's going to give teams some issues and this will provide Trey Lance the opportunity to have the best year of all these quarterbacks. I, in my opinion. Yeah, so absolutely. I, that's I, I think as far as like best year, uh, I, I, I could go with Trey Lance. Uh, well, no, I'm still going to go with Trevor Lawrence, uh, but I understand what you're saying with yeah, Trey Lance. I, yeah. I, I think he's going to have a, a, a better year than what Garoppolo had last year. You might be is, right is with Trevor because he's going to, well, he's going to have a tough time against the Colts twice a yeah. year uh the titans are going to be tough too but texans he's going to have some really good games but the rest of his schedule similar to the the rest of the afc south he's gonna he's gonna have some chances man for sure Let, let's talk about zach wilson because zach wilson with the jets you know it, that that's kind of the thing like like how did you say it uh in past episodes oh uh the Lions, okay. The Lions are the Lions, so you know it is what it is, right? Well, that, that's kind of like how the Jets are too. So, like, 
they are, but they built a super young core, but he's in a super tough division, dude. So if you're yeah. going against the Dolphins and the yeah. Bills are much improved and the Bills are going to be right there again, probably winning the division. The Pats, you know, not necessarily like you mentioned, you know, they're, they may have another down year, but they're still going to compete. Um, but they have a young core um, and they have they've upgraded the receivers there. Um, he's got a number one receiver in Garrett Wilson from Ohio State that they drafted. Um, I mean, he's got a shot to be the most improved quarterback, and I think he's got the arm talent, and he could certainly do it. Um, the the passes thrown and when he was in college um, generated, which would be in the NFL rating, like a 140, you know. Um, and with last year's additions also – with Corey Davis and Elijah Moore, um, they should be a lot more productive this year and have an impact. Plus, he's got some tight ends. They do a lot of tight end sets, man. He's got C.J. Uzuma and Tyler Conklin uh, mm -hmm. that were signing free agency. And um, the team added a complete back also in Iowa State's Brees Hall. Um, so, you know, Wilson might, you know, he's got some playmakers to hit and targets. And so he, I don't know that he'll be the most improved, but he's definitely going to have a better year than he did last year. And they got a young core and yeah, the jets might have another down year. They're not going to have another two or four one year. They might have six or closer to eight this year, but I'm, I'm thinking in the next two, three years, they're going to be coming up and, and ruling that division. I think. So the, 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 question that i have with with zach wilson is he signed a four-year 35 and some change uh, million dollar contract with 35 and some change guaranteed he's still in uh, that rookie deal right he, he's still in that rookie deal um would it be what, what's the word for it would it be ideal for him to play out that four years to the best of his ability Absolutely. and then go to another team. Oof. I don't know that he'll want to. Um, he's going to be Because if he doesn't he do can. anything with this team, why wouldn't you want to? Well, right. If he, so if he does improve this year and in the next two to three years, like I mentioned, if the team does better and maybe not win the division goes to the playoffs a few years in a row playoffs um, playoffs talking about playoffs um yeah <laughs> well, they gotta win some games first right but yeah if playing in new york um being with that young core and if they can at least just get to the playoffs in the next couple of years um not only are the fans going to be happier uh, the franchise is going to be happier and he could get a big contract in new york just in general, any New York teams are able to pay him just as much as he will get anywhere else. Plus, he can get all the notoriety and, and be a superstar in New York, bro. New York, in Manhattan. Yeah. And so, I mean, he's got a life right there and a career right there. And um, New York's a great place to be. And if he's able to handle the, you know, all the hype and all the, uh, tension and, and pressure from the media he can get paid right there any just like anywhere else i mean yeah he can become a free agent but i think new york would match anything or pay even more than what he would get elsewhere but i i, I get what you're saying he could definitely have some really good years and, and go somewhere else for sure i i just think that uh he, he's definitely not in the category that we're talking about I, but i i mean 
the Jets and the and the and the Lions are kind of like in the same boat for me. Um, right. So, you know, as far as like a quarterback making a name, probably should go somewhere else. Yeah, yeah, I get so, you. So, and then then we have uh, Justin Fields. Yeah, man. So they may be the worst offense in the league, dude. And I hear you sighing there. Um, yeah. The, the Bears, they've got to play uh, Minnesota. They've got to play Green Bay. And, of course, they're, he'll have some great games against the Lions. But the Bears, dude, literally may be the worst offense in the league. And it could be argued that last year the Bears regime was actively, I don't want to say undermining fields, but. They did get a new general manager. There's a new coaching staff. So it's almost like it's going to be his first year again because the coaching staff is there on their first year. So the problem with Chicago is that the staff has taken taken over a a team that's not very good. Yeah. That may benefit Fields because if he could stay healthy, because you talk about the running quarterback, he's going to – He's going to make a lot of passes. The dude's going to take chances. Um, that's typically not conducive to improving the support and the structure of the quarterback in his second year. But, I mean, I've I've been listening to shows and I've been doing some reading, and there's a lot of people saying that Justin Fields could be the best second-year quarterback this year or not the most improved, but he could have the best year because he's just going to be running and throwing and going nuts out there because he has to. He's going to be that dude. He has to. He's got to make something happen if they're going to do anything on offense. It's going to be all up to him, dude. So it's still part of his four-year contract also. He, yeah. He's a lot less. He's only on the $18 million standpoint. Right. Right. Um, but the honestly, I, I see him going to Carolina. Uh-huh. Just straight up. I, I, I don't know when, but I think that he would shine in Carolina. He would He would fit their scheme or at least what their scheme has been for the last right. five to 10 years. Right. And he, he would actually shine and he would do very well there. Uh, they're, they're still looking with the for bears. I don't know why the bears, uh, cause the bears started competing for a while. Uh, and you know, he just happened to fall into a, a position where it, it, he doesn't really have much anymore. He and, doesn't. And, they stripped it down to bare bones. They got nothing, man. Yeah. Nothing. So I mean, the, the guy's a good quarterback, and, and yes, I yes, absolutely. He he needs to learn how to stay in the pocket more and not worry about his feet. Uh, I've talked about in previous episodes. He 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 needs to have more reads because he's a, he's like a one and two guy, and then and then start running. He, yeah. He's got to be a three four guy. He's and and then and then if you can't make a, a play on the three and four, then, then you run, that's fine. Right. But uh, at that point, the, the field is opened up the, the uh, opportunity for getting that first down is opened up because your receivers have gone 10, 15, 20 plus yards. Your, your tight ends have gone that your, your uh, running backs have gone that. So you're, you're pulling the corners and the safeties out the linebackers aren't sure what's going on because you're you're doing the three and four read rather than the one and two and running. And then so, you get a lot of holding calls on the offensive yeah. line because they don't know what the quarterback's doing. So, yeah, and that's going to yep. happen this year for sure. But 
there's one other guy I wanted to mention uh, we didn't have on the list, and that's Davis Mills. Uh, no one's talking about it, but we should be. Uh, the Texans obviously uh, weren't interested in going after Mayfield, which I was surprised, or any other quarterback for that matter, and they didn't draft one, obviously. Yeah. Um, and Mills, he may not be the long-term solution at quarterback, but he's going to get a chance this year to prove otherwise, right? And uh, this season might be the one for him. I'm not saying that he's going to be the most improved or have the best season, but he might. I mean, if he's playing for a contract – I mean, unless, unless, here's the thing. I think the Texans might be holding out for the Jimmy G sweepstakes. Um, <laughs> so there's been a lot of controversy, and I've heard this week even, like Jimmy G got the surgery on his own, shoulder surgery, didn't even tell the owners he's going to do it, and did it in the offseason, then told them. So they were kind of put in a pickle. So obviously now... Jimmy G is not going to be starting and you're going to have uh, Trey Lance in there starting because Jimmy's not even going to be healthy. So they're in a, a, a tight spot where they can't even trade him because no one's interested in him. But I think the Texans is that's the reason maybe that they didn't even go after a quarterback. They didn't go after Mayfield. They didn't do anything. They didn't draft one. Maybe they don't have all the um, faith in Davis Mills. Maybe they're holding out for Jimmy G. I don't know. I'm just saying. But So, so you think Lovey Smith actually – is going to have more faith in in Jimmy G than than Davis Mills. If he's healthy. I mean, he went to the Super Bowl with the Niners, right? I mean, they did <laughs> they did lock down Brandon Cooks. Um they added Johnny Mechie 3 from Alabama in the second round of the draft. Yeah. Um and if uh Nico Collins can step up in his second year as a receiver, I mean, that could that could definitely help Mills, but I think they're holding out for Jimmy G, man. I mean, what why did they did not do anything at quarterback? Do they? Do you think they have that much confidence in Davis Mills? I mean, I know- Lovey Smith did say that he thinks that Davis Mills is going to be an excellent quarterback, but that also is very broad. So that that yeah. could mean that in the future he's going to be a good quarterback, and maybe we're holding off for something like Jimmy G. I wouldn't say Jimmy G. I would say something more along the lines of like Kaepernick or or even uh, Baker Mayfield uh, coming in there. Uh, I don't know, man. They would have already went after Baker, man, and he's from Texas. I mean, No, so... I, I don't think so. So kind of like how you're saying, holding off on somebody, right? Like, Right. So let, let the person be humbled first, so then they can say, oh, you know what? I'm definitely not going to get what I want here because he's obviously not going to be the starter in Cleveland this year. Mayfield is not going to take less money, though. I just don't see the dude with that ego doing it, man, and that confidence. He's got confidence, and, man. And maybe not, but you know what? In that, what What's the alternative? You're going to sit out this year? He might. He's a millionaire, so, bro. He so, might. So that's, the, so that's the alternative. So then, then, then they go to the second option, Kaepernick. No, Kaepernick Cap, go, wants to be a Cap's, starter. He's going to go back up, Derek. He's gonna go back up, Derek Carr, oh, Raiders, okay. dude. Yep, yep. He tried out this week, man. He tried we'll, out this we'll, week. We'll go ahead and talk about the that only next team week. That but the I'm, okay. Also, okay. Mark Davis wants to follow in his daddy's footsteps. He's mm-hmm. always gave minority chances. He's always stepped up. Um, I'll tell you what. Him a chance. We'll one hundred percent cover that topic next week. That, 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 <laughs> okay. We'll we'll set it in place right now. Yep, yep. yep. We got to talk about the Pro Bowl, man. We're running yeah. out of time. We're running out of time. So the Pro Bowl, um, 
lowest ratings in, in, in 16 years. Yep. It, it's pretty much the the pointless to watch. So here, it, here's two two things that I have to say about it. Unwatchable, dude. Yeah, I didn't watch 100%. last year. I, I had zero interest. I, I'd go to the park before I I, I tried it. to watch it because I love football so much, and I tried to watch it. But I, know. I, I just I – when it, it – it, it literally made my skin bleed just watching it what, for the first, they do? like, three plays. What should they do so, about ratings or instead? What should they do instead, man? So here, here's my thoughts. So I think that and, – and they kind of kind of do that anyway, I believe, like like doing the little competitions, like uh, – but adding to the competition. So I think, like, you know, with the with the quarterback things that they do and, and, the, and the different, like, throwing and hitting targets – that, that Have you seen fun. the quarterbacks throw out the targets like in the last 10 years? I remember seeing that. I mean, they put like chalk on the tip target. You could see exactly. Do they still do that? Right. So last year, I don't think that they did because they okay. weren't in Hawaii. But in Hawaii, when they were hosting it in Hawaii, that, that yeah. was one of the things. So it was like a three-day okay. Super – I mean, uh, Pro Bowl uh, versus like just the one day. And, and maybe okay. they still did the three-day, but uh, they didn't really advertise it as much. So – uh, I think that the 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 competition kind of deal with the quarterbacks. Uh, I think with uh, I I, I kind of had a, like an idea with like wide receivers to where like you're basically running plays over a hundred yards and and you have like every twenty yards you have like dots that you can go to and another a new quarterback every twenty yards and, and you run a route and if you hit a certain dot and you catch the play then then you get certain points. So it is still kind of a competition, but you're not really worried about injury necessarily. Um, but a, a, another big thing, though, the NFL already sponsors the Play Football Initiative. And on the Super Bowl, uh, t- it used to be during halftime, but I think now they changed it to before the game. Uh, they bring all these players out. It's, it's youth football of yeah. all ages, and it, and it could be tackle football. It could be flag football. Uh, and even um, um, developmental, developmentally disabled uh, individuals, um, and, and they 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 hold uh, training camps. They hold uh, like special events, like motivational events, to where they just like kind of like develop these players. And, and, and NFL players go to these things, and and they kind of just like play around with these guys and and, and do different things. And I think that bringing them out in the, along with the competitions and, and, and doing like maybe like two minute quarters and playing, you know, four to six games, depending on, on, on the age group, I think that would be something that would bring ratings in back up and, and, and because it shows not only how much the NFL supports like the youth and, and the development of the youth in all aspects of youth, but it also brings the fun back to, to football, you know, there's been a lot of talk, especially with like health and, and, you know, the the new helmet regulations and the different things, but you know, football is not going to go away. So, so to, to bring all of that together and to, to, to still have like the little competitions to, to, to shine the, the essentially MVP players of the, of the year, in the AFC and the NFC, I think that would be a a great way to bring up the, the, um, the ratings because 
honestly, the 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 game itself is it, it is pointless. I mean, why why go out there and put in a hundred percent when you, you're just risking injury? And, right, and it you've is. already played a whole season, so it's, right, right. And it's more of a vacation for guys. It was cool for them to go to Hawaii, you know. Yeah. But anymore, a lot of the guys that even get voted to the Pro Bowl don't even play in the Pro Bowl. They can decline or they got injuries or they need yep. surgery or they don't want to do it or it's family, you know, whatever. They can they can back out. And so you end up getting all these alternatives in and it's not even the guy. And then it's like a, a popularity contest anyway. So, you know, I think it's uh, – more important or whatever so a guy to get voted to the all pro offense and defense than it is pro bowl and maybe those guys are the ones that should play in the pro bowl but i'm with you with the skills competition i would even love to see like kickers having a skills competition like whether it's punters or kicking field goals i mean i saw a dude not even playing in the nfl kick an 80 yard field goal from the tee and i understand there's no pressure and all that but i could see dudes kicking so you're going to start from 35 45 55 almost like playing horse when you're playing basketball right doing kickers yeah. kicking you know and kicking from different parts different hash hash uh, lines or kick him from the sideline or whatever, man, just like make it fun and, and have it like competitions like that or wide yeah, receivers that would make doing it fun the, again. The, that one, would make it the, fun again. the wide receivers doing one hand catches or just like yeah. you're talking about the quarterbacks throwing at the targets and stuff and, and doing different things. Um, I know it was mentioned in some of the, sh some other shows that I've been watching that have the two last place teams playing each other. The winner gets the first pick. You know, instead of teams trying to lose or whatever else, um, the last place teams have to play each other and you have to win that game to get the first pick. And then the loser, because there's been a lot of hesitance, a lot of teams don't want to go or go on hard knocks. So the loser's got to go on hard knocks, man. Right. I think that would make it like a really competitive game. And then I also saw some people mentioning like playing Madden. Dude, I could see like a Madden playoff bracket. And dude, some of the best dudes, but they got to pick their team that they play for. So if they're on the Bills, they got to pick the Bills and they play through like this little playoff thing. But it would be way more than like a three hour Pro Bowl game, obviously doing a tournament. They could do it the whole weekend, though. That yeah. would be more entertaining than the game, man. And seeing these guys getting tense and playing and competing and like, ah, you know, going at it. I have, to go, I have to go against the, the two last place teams. I, I, I had thought about that for for a very long time, honestly, like well, it keeps so from one of the, games, one of the though. points, well, one of the point, yes, yes. I, I totally agree with that part of it. I, I, I totally agree with that part of it. Uh, the, the, the a problem that I have with it is it's still kind of the same concept of the pro bowl. People don't want to get injured. Their yeah. season's over anyway. So they're not they're not really going to play. Well, they definitely have to get so, paid for that game and paid a bonus for that game. And but the but the they're not really going to play. They're right. they're they're going to go out there and they're they're going to be just like the Pro Bowl. They're going to go right. and they're going to run some plays. They're going to run some passes, and they're not really going to tackle full on. Right. Why, why why risk it? Our our season's over. We right. didn't even make the playoffs. Yeah. Why why risk it? Well, they're definitely going to make it more fun. So do they need to look at MLB or the NBA and how they're making it more creative and more fun and they're all-stars or whatever? And, I mean, do yeah. you go rookies versus veterans game? Um, I was thinking for a minute there, I was like, back at like in Little League, dude, well, what if we did like a, a, 
that donkey baseball game or something like that. I was like, damn, no, those players are way too big, young donkeys. They would, those donkeys would die. Um, but I'm, <laughs> I'm just, you know, I was trying to think of like what would be more entertaining than the, I mean, they might as well just play seven on seven flag football, bro, because that's what yeah. they're doing anyway. So, I mean, maybe they're going to get rid of it all together, which kind of sucks. But at least if a guy gets voted to the Pro Bowl, an extra bonus and get paid maybe they just don't play the game but they still have the votes and they still get voted to the team i don't know man i don't know yeah i, don't know. I what mean else to do about it? it it's it, they're definitely gonna have to figure out something no matter what they're gonna have right. to figure out something yeah uh it's not really a topic but i did want to throw out something real quick before um wrap it up yeah before we okay. wrap it up um so there has only been one 350 pound plus defender have two pick sixes and one of them was against uh tom brady oh yeah so uh sean rogers yeah is the guy and he 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 he's the only one over 350 pounds that had two. I just thought that was a cool statistic. I I, I saw it earlier today. Um and a big dude. Uh, in in early years too. That that was the the cool part for me because when I was watching the clip I was like, "Wait a minute. He he intercepted off of Tom Brady, but it looked like the whole like 80s type of like film." You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the like yeah. not such good graphics or whatever. Like I I, I was kind of I was kind of tripping about that. But uh, just wanted to throw that out there. Uh, nothing nothing really important. Nothing really to talk about. But I thought it was kind of cool. But dude is six four, three hundred and fifty pounds. Played for yeah. the Lions, man. And so yeah. it is awesome to see offensive line and just throw their arms up. Um, <laughs> just buy them. Yeah, it was, it, it was cool. It was cool. Yeah. I saw that, and I was like, "Okay, okay, I, I, I see you, I see you." Yeah, but see hey, it, it, it is time to wrap this up, uh, and I hope you guys have enjoyed watching and continue to listen each week on the Frills Daily Show. Make sure to subscribe, like, comment, interact on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter. Instagram and continue to listen on whichever platform that you're listening on, whether it be anchor, Spotify, Google, Apple, iHeartRadio, our website, however that, that you're listening, please continue to listen and please continue to share with your friends and make sure to check out talk 30 and self love. And this is, Frills Daily and Sean F. Smith out. Thank you so much. Bye-bye.